Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We're going to get into the new EV strategy from Stellantis, what they're going to be doing with Dodge and Jeep and uh, their whole lineup of vehicles. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with Shelby American, some of their vehicles that they have, big truck. That's what we can tell you, big truck. Before we get started, Empire Covers. You know, your vehicle should be treated with respect it deserves these days. And unfortunately, the elements outside don't necessarily take vacation days. EmpireCovers.com, that's where they come in. They offer high-quality, affordable covers engineered to protect against rain, UV rays, tree sap, pollen, anything Mother Nature throws your way. Our listeners will get 15% off with using the promo code CARCAST. That's the deal. So if you're worried a cover will damage your car's finish, Empire's fleece line covers prevent any scratches to your car's paint. And if you want American-made, don't worry. Their American Armor cover is proudly made in their Kentucky factory. Plus, they have covers for RVs, boats, motorcycles, and more. And of course, CarCast listeners can receive free shipping plus an extra 15% off your entire order. Go to empirecovers.com slash CarCast or just use the promo code CarCast at checkout. It's Empire Covers. Protect what you love. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm at the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg. Oh, how are you? Where do, where do, I, where do I begin? <laughs> I think that things are a little hectic on the, on the ranch, getting stuff done. Has the weather cleared? Have you started pouring that cement slab for the garage? No, not yet. Uh, <laughs> we were delayed again for a week with, I don't know, I think in a 48-hour period of time, we got seven and a half inches of rain. Oh yeah, that's right. So, you know, it was it was pretty gnarly, but yeah, um, at least our grass looks good. Uh, <laughs> right. You try to look at the redeeming quality of a, a negative like that, but you know, it, it is what it is. That's it. The but I can't. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that they they mentioned about bringing a saw out to cut you know through some of the rock to, to do a, uh, a trench for the electrical and for the plumbing. Yeah. And I thought I thought you know I mean. They're bringing a saw out. I mean, I, I didn't know specifically what kind of saw they were talking about. This thing looks like it came out, out of Mad Max. It's got to be 15 feet high. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think they dig the trench all the way down to, I mean, like, it's like 50. I don't know what's going on. But it, all I can say is everything is on a grand spectrum, and so things take time. So yeah. I don't know. I just picture you standing on your porch with a cup of coffee in the morning, looking at a 15-foot saw going, how much did that fucker cost? <laughs> I already know how much it cost. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think of the things I could use it for around the property. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got to cut while you're there? Oh, crazy. You know, Turn that yeah, thing yeah. out to the neighbors for a few minutes while, uh, while uh, things are, uh, are happening over there. What's yeah, nobody, no, nobody knows about this one. I'll just interject this real quick. I do have a, a fairly hectic life, but let's just kick back to about four days ago when we're in an Airbnb for Gage's baseball game, uh-huh. and I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I'm on the porch at 6 a.m., and there's a drunk intruder that comes right around, falling right around the corner. 
<laughs> right on. I can't make this stuff up. Did, did you have a conversation? Well, now it sounds like you're living out here like in Venice where I can walk outside my apartment and there's someone sleeping on my doorstep. And I'm like, hey, yeah, rise and shine, buddy. It sounds Keep quite similar to that. But we were staying in the middle of the country. All of a sudden, I hear a crash right around the corner. I look, it's a drunk shirtless fat guy hanging on the ground uh, and saying that love is blind. And I, I, I uttered a couple words to him and gave him about 10 seconds to leave the premise. And I, I just, the fact is that I didn't have my camera with me and I don't have any idea how that was the case, but it was one of the funnier things that's ever <laughs> happened to me, but that's just part of the course Yeah, so in between trailer and the Impala around and uh, you know, doing the thing but how you doing Matt uh doing all right you know we've got uh things have been busy um of course things have been busy with uh with Bravago our brand there we're just trying to get things trying to get things going and come up with a way to get product out to people um what a- is it a chip shortage yeah, it kind of, it actually, it kind of is to a chip shortage. Uh, it's interesting because one of the issue is like you can't get aluminum cans, and it's tough to make the product. Uh, you know, all the other companies are kind of booked, and and yes, the other, the manufacturers that make this stuff, that kind of basically mix your ingredients together and put it in cans for you. They're overwhelmed with all the other companies, and yes, because of a chip shortage, they can't expand new hardware because the canning machine, which is electronic, does use a chip, and they can't get the chips for those machines. So anybody that's trying to expand their their production line, they're they're being told six months to get the hardware. So yes, the chip shortage is actually affecting us as well. Uh, we're trying to be realistic as to, you know, how to make the product, when to make the product, when to introduce it. And like, I, we know it's, it's a spring and summer product, right? Uh, and we're kind of getting into the tail end of summer. I, in, in my head, we are because I'm looking at production dates of two, three months away, and that's, you know, it starts knocking on the door of fall, more on the East Coast than on the West Coast. But uh, so the the plan is, uh, and I won't spend too much time on this, but the plan is we've found a partner that we can work with on our website, which will allow us to sell the product online and ship it directly to you guys at home. Uh, I believe we can ship to 29 states. And there's this elaborate network of retailers and stuff all on the back end to make it all happen uh, smoothly, legally, and whatever. It's seamless to you guys on the front end, but on the uh, you know when you're shopping, but on the back end, it's a complex network of retailers to make it happen. So I'm hoping end of August, beginning of September, the website will be running and we will have some product being stocked in a warehouse that can be shipped out. Now, there's always rules when you're shipping alcohol. The shipping is expensive, not just because of the weight, because all the shipping carriers need 
extra money because it's booze and 21 and over signatures. So we'll do what we can to uh, basically cover some of the shipping costs. But the fact of the matter is, is if you buy a six pack, it's expensive to ship. When you start buying, you know, 18 cans or a case, 24 cans, even if you mix and match, that's fine. It it becomes much more affordable because the fees we cover, like the 21 and over signature and stuff, it's per order. It's not per can. So if you order 24 cans, I'm covering that huge fee, you know, and then the shipping is I can start to cover some of the costs of, of, of that shipping more. So anyway, that's the kind of that's the plan right now is we want to get you guys some product. Uh I believe our plan is to try to do another live event where you can taste the product. Barrett Jackson in Las Vegas worked out for us. We're definitely trying to get into Barrett Jackson Houston in September, mid-September, right? And we've got a little bit of time, so hopefully we can get everything going. Maybe you get the motorcycle registered. That heads, goes on the docket, you know, up for auction in, in, in Texas, and then it's a little bit closer proximity, so you can come out and you know we can say hi to everybody and have a drink with everybody and kind of figure it out from from there. But uh, it's at the NRG Center in Houston, I believe, and it's supposed to be a nice facility. It's supposed to be bigger by about a hundred thousand square feet than than mm-hmm. the Vegas one. The Vegas oh. one was was big. By the way, Vegas. Vegas was like thirty five thousand people showed up. It did. It did really well. And uh, and I do want to thank everybody that did come out to try Bravago. You know, our, our competitors in this space are very big: White Claw, Truly, Vizzy. Uh, you know, there's quite a few out there, and I I am happy to say that uh, we were there, and Vizzy was there, and we moved two and a half times more product than Vizzy did, which is fantastic. I appreciate that. Maybe people were just curious and wanted to try it. Uh, Doesn't know, matter. Or try the one flavor and come back and try the second or the third flavor. But I think overall people really seem to enjoy the product, a little different, a little tastier. Uh, so it was good. So there you go. So uh, in the meantime, go to drinkbravago.com. You can sign up for the for the newsletter and we'll keep you updated as you know events happen and the website launches and where we're gonna ship to and the you know the states you can get it in and and stuff like that. We're also in this process of getting to Barrett Jackson, Las Vegas. We are talking to a couple of distributors that will hopefully be able to put it in stores in in Texas as well, or certain areas of Texas. So working on on that. But again, most of these distributors say, hey, we want to do a deal with you. We'll sign a deal in September or whatever, but they'll say, but go ahead and send us product in March and April so we can get ready for the spring and the summer, you know? So therein lies the problem. Yeah, that's, I, I look, all we can do between now and in April of next year is make it available on the website and then try to sign as many distribution deals as possible so when April comes around, it will be in as many stores as we can get it. So that's that's the move. But I uh, appreciate you guys following us and uh, and supporting it. 
we will get product to you guys soon. It takes it takes a little bit of it takes a little bit of time. We were just talking off the air a minute ago about Conor McGregor, that incredible fight he had this weekend, broke his ankle, uh, but also the incredible portion of his whiskey company. You know his his whiskey brand. It was called Notorious Irish Whiskey, and he announced it at a UFC fight uh, like three years ago. Right, and he's like, "Here's my whiskey. It's coming soon." It took a year from that first bottle that he announced to get onto shelves. Right, that's the process is is about a year, and that's with arguably a a product he had already formulated, work with somebody on to create. Just, just I mean, it takes eight to ten months to come up with your formulas, and then it takes months, almost a year to get all of your positioning made, your marketing made, your brand ID, and start talking with distributors and get product out, and samples out. Like, it's a big pain in the ass, but I- I'm having fun with it. Um, okay. You have so, to end that with a smile on your face. You I, I am. That. I think I am having fun with it. So, you know, like I said, drinkbravago.com, and it's drinkbravago on all social media. We appreciate the follows. By the way, if you guys follow us, it helps because as we start to grow social media presence, email lists, then that gets the attention. We can use that as part of our selling process for to distributors and things like that. So all of that helps, and we appreciate you guys. Um, <clears throat> all right. So let me tell you guys about Geico real quick, then we'll get into some cool car news. Uh, do you own your home or rent your home? Well, either way, it can be a lot of hard work, but you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. Just go to GEICO.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. Well, the past week or so, the big news was Stellantis, the parent company, as you guys have figured out by now, that has uh, you know Dodge and Jeep and Ram and and some of the European brands, Alfa Romeo and stuff like that. So the the big news we heard we heard about this coming at some point, right? There was quotes from the Dodge boss uh, Tim Kaniska saying. You know, we love our muscle cars. We love the Hellcat engine. Obviously, we put it in everything we can shove it into, and people seem to really respond to it, and we just like it. He goes, but there is an end to that story, right? They can't just keep doing nine mile per gallon, (laughs) massive, supercharged engines at some point. So they released this teaser video about the future of EV architecture, and uh, uh, and you know they're basically saying we're going to do an electric muscle car, right? And what was the um, the little slogan at the end? Performance made us do it. I think you know they <laughs> they tease it, they tease it, they tease it. EV future, EV muscle cars coming, and then at the end it's like performance made us do it. 
not to pick on these guys, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, no, the government made you do this. <laughs> that was my first thought was, no, no, performance didn't make you do anything. The government made you do this. Otherwise, you'd be running Hellcat engines to the end of time. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. I mean, that's, that's quite obvious. <laughs> so, yeah. They had to come up with a tricky way of, uh, of wording. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but I, 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 I like this strategy. It'll be interesting to see what they're what they're going to be doing with this. But basically what they're saying is they've got four electric platforms sort of overall, and they're going to be able to, them being modular, come up with a number of cars, SUVs, trucks, and so forth, uh, based off of these these four platforms. Um, Dodge is going to be doing uh, what they call their STLA large platform. Uh, it will be uh, the world's first electric muscle car coming in 2024. I assume this is going to be a charger of some sort rather than a challenger because the charger, um, well, a couple things. It is the bigger selling one by about two to one. Um, and in my mind, I'm just kind of thinking the non-high-performance version of the car, sort of the longer range. Everyone does, like, when they do their EV, like Mustang Mach-E, and everybody else are like, in Tesla, they're like, hey, here's the long range, you know, whatever, two-wheel drive, 300-mile range, and then here's the higher-performance, 230-mile range. And And here's the ludicrous. Right. And so the Charger platform being a sedan allows them to say, hey, here's the 300, 320-mile, you know, less performance, longer range sedan. Four doors. Right. And then here's here's the hotter version, the RT or whatever they want to call it, you know, uh, version of it. Not to mention the longer wheelbase of that compared to... Not to, to mention all-wheel drive. Yes, potentially all-wheel drive as well, either standard or as an option depending on the model. And the longer wheelbase will allow a little bit lo- a bigger battery pack. Right. We saw this with uh, the new Hummer EV. The... The Hummer four-door pickup truck version is actually bigger and longer than the SUV version. And it was just a direct function of the size of the chassis is the ba- and, and battery size, right? So bigger truck, more battery, longer range. So the pickup truck version of the Hummer has more range than the SUV version. Both are good, but when it comes down to it, that's literally just what it is. They just fit more battery in the other one. So, uh, okay. So Dodge is saying, uh, electric muscle car. They weren't exactly clear if it's all EV or some hybrid or what, but they, uh, they are saying they would like to hit zero to 60 times as low as two seconds and range as high as 500 miles. Now, again, to the point we just made, you're not going to get both. You're not going to get zero to 60 in two seconds and 500 mile range. There will be a 500 mile range version, and then there will be a fast version with a, I don't know, 280 mile or 300 mile range. Uh, yeah. But they've got some uh, some some good goals there. Listen, I, I wouldn't put it past them to have both in one by 2025. Right. Look at the uh, Mustang Cobra Jet, the the all electric fourteen hundred run. That thing's out there running eights 
in the quarter mile. And because we've seen cars like the Demon, a drag race specific car, come from from Dodge, it does stand to reason to to see a variant like that. Hey, let's do an all electric Demon, and 100%. you know, and of course, it, it has just to- opens the door up for a whole new way of them filling that void of the Hellcat going away. It's not. You know, right? And yeah, let me. I got to choose my words differently <laughs> when I said that. Well, but. the Hellcat engine, exactly. Right, because they could call it a Hellcat. They just, you know, uh, it, when we get into the branding of things, right? There's so much branding behind Hellcat, so much branding behind Hemi. That how about uh, the emblem? Yeah, right. And the emblem going retro. Like, look what Porsche has done. Porsche uses uh, the turbo name. <laughs> on their high-performance variants, regardless if it has a turbo or not. They even use it on the Taycan, right? So using things like Hemi and Hellcat could could stand, right? Um, anyway, so that's on the Dodge brand. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be other things, a little less exciting, but m- more profitable. Dodge caravans, you know, things like that. The, you know, the minivans and stuff do electric versions of that. They have to satiate all, you know, uh, per 2023 or 2025 or, you know, the evolution of the combustible, of the end of the combustible engine. They have to satiate all these people who have these Hellcats right now, right? So they're finding a different way of doing it, hopefully. That's sure what it looked like in the presentation. I mean, I, I got excited, you know, and yeah. I'm not an electric car guy, but, you know, to know Tim and to know the, the SRT guys and to know what they're capable of, um, I guarantee you it's going to be awesome, whatever it is. So on the on the Jeep lineup, <laughs> they have what's called the 4XE, and the 4XE is their, basically their four-wheel drive hybrid Lineup. We know that there was a Jeep 4XE on the way, and it was a plug-in hybrid. And we even they even did a couple teasers of like sort of the all-electric Jeep, the 4XE sitting up on top of the mountain, whatever. Um, so that 4XE platform, uh, we can expect to be, of course, in the Jeep Wrangler, a Jeep Compass, the Jeep Wagoneer, which the 4XE has already been announced, and. I believe a Grand Cherokee 4XE will probably be at the New York Auto Show next month in August. So that's the lineup of of Jeeps when it comes to electrification. It looks like they're going more of the hybrid model. And I'm sure some of it is packaging and some of it is uh, range anxiety. If you want to go off-roading in your Jeep, having a plug-in hybrid get you your fuel efficiency, get you the quiet modes, but also you could fill it up with fuel and go off-road for longer, you know, whatever. Like, that, that's the whole point. Um, of course, uh, Ford announced uh, F-150 Lightning to great fanfare. Um, Ram, of course, is saying uh, they will have their Ram 1500 EV on the market pretty soon. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to beat GM to market with this. Of course, the the chip shortages and everything else kind of throw a wrench into everything. All you can do is plan and and, and do whatever. But yes, an all-electric RAM uh, is on the way as well. And, you know, like the truck markets, 
there are so many variations of it, trim models uh, of of trucks these days that you're going to get whatever. You're going to get diesel on some brands and you're going to get eight cylinders. You're going to get four or six cylinders and hybrids and EVs. You're going to be able to pick whatever you want. So if uh, Ford was any indication as to what their lineup is going to be, including the EV model, uh, Ram and GM are, I'm sure, to follow. And uh, the the Ram is definitely doing well and catching a lot of attention because it has a great interior now. That infotainment screen, the big screen, is oh, yeah. is pretty cool. Lush, plush. Uh, yeah. Uh, from there, I think there will be um, something on the Chrysler end. Uh, not exactly sure, but probably based off of that STLA uh, platform that the Dodge muscle cars will be on, this will be just more of the consumer-focused uh, Chrysler vehicles. Um, and then around the world, you know, they'll have their Opal brand. Um, Fiat is uh, – which is – you know, part of their uh, brand as well. They want to do an Abarth, uh, Fiat 500X Abarth, um, uh, an EV version, so a hot version of of their EV now, I can see that being cool. Yeah, that would be kind of a cool because now it's kind of like kind of a badass little go-kart at this point, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that could be kind of fun. I remember you did a thing. Uh, I don't remember if it, if it aired. It was like a TV show or something. Maybe it was a smart car. Was it the Abarth or the smart car? Where the they top, shoved the- yeah, it was the smart car when I, I, was, I was auditioning for Top Gear. You tried to flip it. I tried to flip <laughs> it, but they had just put in the anti-roll device the year before. So I didn't yeah. <laughs> I, I, you were on the track, and you're like, "Eh, might as well try to flip this thing and see what happens." <laughs> Around every corner, it didn't work, and it sucked. I, I was looking for such a wonderful experience in, in that that those laps, <laughs> yeah, and it was so anticlimactic. Whatever. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, it would have been it would have been interesting. It would have been funny to see that. But I was I wasn't sure if it was the smart car or the or the Fiat. But no, it was uh, the smart car. For yeah, sure. But that's but the, but electric all electric Fiat with little Abarth would be badass. I'd still be worried about being hit by a. Anything, anything other than a smart car? <laughs> exactly. Anything other than a smart car? Uh, for sure. That'd be fun. Uh, anyway, so speaking of chips. Uh, Ford has announced that they've secured an, another big supply of of microchips. Of course, these are going to be going to their F series trucks. It, it makes the most sense. First of all, it's their best selling truck and their most profitable truck. So, one, there's more of a waiting list for for F one fifties or any of the F series yeah. trucks than anything else. So they want to get these chips into those trucks and have those trucks get out to customers, but also those trucks are the most profitable. So the financial hit the companies have been taking uh, is rough. So anybody that's getting chips in, yeah, there's going to be some allocation to the other cars, but for the most part, they're they're trying to get it into their trucks because that's in the biggest demand right now. So uh, it's nice to see that Ford does have that uh, going. So... um, if you uh, were looking for an F one fifty and ordered something new, that should be starting to happen pretty soon. Which is uh, 
Oh, it's good. So you guys can start to get get that. I don't know. I haven't heard anything on the Mustang Mach One. I ordered the Mach One. They said it was going to be. You got to keep their base happy, man. You know. Yeah, and and uh, it was supposed to be built in uh, the week of I think May twenty first, and it takes about a month to show up in California, and here we are on what fourteenth, fifteenth, and I don't know. Like if in a week from now. They could say, "Hey, it never happened," or they could say, uh, "The car, it's on the way. Is, yeah, it's here. It's, it's at the rail yard. It's, it'll you be never here know, soon." Right? But I, I don't really know. I've actually reached out to the guy at Ford a couple times. I'm sure he's overwhelmed with everybody going, "What's going on?" But uh, I'm sure he's got, so appreciative to hear from you again. And uh, I'm trying like not to. Else. I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass about it, but I am a little curious and. Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll we'll see. Let me tell you guys about uh, our Good Guys show. Good Guys Rod and Custom Association is coming to Puyallup, uh, uh, Washington. It's the 33rd Griot's Garage Pacific Northwest Nationals at the Washington State Fair Events Center. It's July 23rd through the 25th. There's going to be over 2,500 classic cars and trucks on display. There's going to be a burnout competition and vintage dragster racing, which I do like. This isn't just the uh, the firing up. I think they're going to get them on the track and do a little racing out there. <clears throat> it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun for the whole family. Bring the kids out there. It's live entertainment. It's the Pinstriper Brush Bash, which is great. I've seen those guys uh, kind of go at it live in real time. Come up with some really oh, cool wow. stuff. Uh, there's a model car display, and there's a. a I can't design. write cursive, let alone pinstripe. <laughs> I know. You see how those dudes have to be so. So uh, so steady with their hand, right? I can't even write Kurtz. You know, I, um, I, I go to this event in uh, in Syracuse, New York, and there's a big charity event section going on with the pinstripers, and they all have just like <laughs> random sheets of of like like pieces of sheet metal. Some of them are like a hood or something, and some of them are just pieces. And throughout the weekend. They're just doing a bunch of stuff, like just pinstriping and painting and airbrushing. And then at the end of the event, they all go up to like a a little live auction and it all supports a charity. And it's all just kind of on – or you can go to one of the guys and say – uh, I'll just I'll just commission it right now. I have an idea. Can you do this? I'll donate the money to charity. You tell me what it what it costs, and and then and then they and there's a bunch of guys in like a like a corral, and they're just all doing it in real time. It's pretty cool to see. I would think that's a that's becoming a lost art too, right? You know. Yeah, it is. It is. We were talking about it on some of the racing cars over here where. The guys would paint up the racing cars, the you know the BRE cars or the sharp cars, and then the guy would come in and freehand with a brush like the numbers. Oh yeah, you know I'm and, sure it wasn't and, easy for Marcus to get the guy to, to freehand the lawman. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to do. So Sean over here, he's not a freehand pinstriper, but he wanted the brush look. So the way he ended up doing it was he made a stencil which has the outline, and then he brushed in the stencil. Right, so it had the hard edges and it has a brush yeah. textured look, and then he, you know, clear coated and stuff over it and sand, sand it around it. It probably would have been easier to just have uh, a, a one of the lost artist guys 
come in with a brush, but it was kind of interesting to see that. So anyway, to finish this up, Giant Swap Meet and Cars for Sale Corral with hundreds of classic cars. Tickets on sale now at goodguys.com. It's good-guys.com. Free admission for kids six and under. Use promo code CARCAST for $5 off your spectator ticket. It's goodguys.com, promo code CARCAST. So check that out. These are good events. These are fun events. I got to get back to the Del Mar one. That was always a big oh, event. Yeah. I think always it, a big event. Is it pleasant? I, I used to go to it when they still had an auction down. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it'll be it'll be fun to check those out. So you guys want to do that? So I don't know if you saw this other teaser video, but there's um Shelby American, our friends out of Las Vegas. They announced recently their their truck, their big Shelby truck. So if you want something other than a Raptor. You can get the Shelby truck. Now, I like what they're doing with the Shelby truck. I've toured the the factory, and their build quality is good. It's an amazing facility. I just can't get behind this hood. I just don't love the hood. That's the big snorkel hood. And honestly, I don't know that I need a, a full-size F-Series pickup truck with, uh, with the Shelby stripes on it. It just looks a little off-putting. That being said, it's merely cosmetic. You can do whatever you want. Uh, they have a badass truck that uh, they announced. It is not inexpensive, I'll tell you that. But uh, it's uh, it has you know it has the big suspension package on it. If you want um, the uh, the Fox shocks with the internal bypassing, and of course their, their interior upgrade, the two tone Shelby seats, leather everywhere, branded logos everywhere. Uh, it's got uh, kind of a, a body kit going on to dress it up cosmetically and, of course, the hood. But you can get the optional supercharger. It looks like they've got the Whipple supercharger that would go on the 5-liter V8. Uh, I think the 5-liter – what's the 5-liter base? It's like 389 horsepower. Uh, but for 2021, if you get uh, – you get this truck with the supercharger. It's seven hundred and seventy-five horsepower, right? So if the hey, Raptor, if you love the Raptor, Raptor, but the power is just not doing it for you, uh, you can go to the Shelby and get the uh, seven hundred and seventy-five horse. That's I don't think that's impressive. the same buyer. I you, you know, know what? as I've seen that truck in person, not the new iteration of it. I don't think that's the same buyer. I really don't. It's a different truck. It's more of a it's more of a of a of a showpiece to drive around through a parade as opposed to something, you know, that's that's fully capable of going 100 miles an hour over a jump. Let me ask you, is you, is it because the price gets really expensive at this point? I, I'm not even considering the price. I'm not even considering the price. You just think the Shelby truck is more of a, a collector piece, more of a show piece than it is an off-road. I just don't know. I, I think aesthetically it looks more, it, it doesn't look like a utilitarian badass off-road vehicle like the Raptor does. And I think that attracts a certain group of buyers, whether they be in LA driving it around or those are the people right there that'll but that'll get this truck. Yeah, I, I believe I get it. So, I, certainly to your point, the guys over here that we work with over at, at Galpin, they're super into Raptors. Their general manager Tommy's a good friend. Uh, 
he's got his Raptor and he's out every weekend, either going off roading with his with his young son, or he's got a group of people, or a bunch of clients that want to go off roading, and not just the overlanding, but like going off roading, some of the high speed stuff that they mm-hmm. do. Uh, yes, they do a lot of modifications to those trucks to make them purpose built, adding certain lights and and things like that that they've done to the truck and and bumpers for more clearance so you can. It's get just more high not speed. as mean. It's not as mean. I see it pulling a Raptor on a on a trailer <laughs> out to glass. Yeah, it's just the Shelby is sort of a turnkey, get it that way version of the truck. You're not gonna. It's more like a Lincoln. Uh, what what what's the what's yeah the like an aviator price? or an, a the navigator? Black yeah, the black label. Yeah, to me, it's more like that. You're, I I would agree. So if you want the turnkey solution, the Shelby truck kind of fits the bill. But if you are going to start, you know, changing bumpers and and adding all the lights and all this other stuff, yeah. and, and the the. The Raptor is much more of a jumping off point to be able to. It's do so that. much more of an aggressive looking vehicle, also. Yeah. It's, it's, once you compare the two, I, I went in, as I told you, uh, about ordering, uh, Gage's Bronco, and the guy tried to sell me that Shelby truck. And I drove it up in the TRX, which is more expensive than the Shelby truck. And, and, it is comparable in many ways, but it's a completely different looking vehicle. Yeah, it is completely different. Yeah. Right? And the price is about the same, but it's, it's, it's for a different person. I believe. Well, the price isn't about the same anymore because the Shelby truck with the V8 is $107,000. And yeah. with the supercharger, it's just under $115,000. But yeah, again, so that's like, a bit, but, bit more, but you are, but you are, going to Shelby to purchase the entire package. Like that's what you are going for. Like you said, it's like, I like the truck. It's big. It's badass. It's powerful. I don't really know who is going to spend $107,000 on the naturally aspirated version when for an extra seven grand, you know, for 150, like if you're already spending that kind of money anyway, just get it with the supercharger because it's going to be way more fun. Uh, I'd rather say, Hey, take the hood off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, keep the stock the hood. Aftermarket hoods, one hundred percent. Keep the stock Quick hood. It's like the front uh, end of the BMW, right? Jeez. Oh, uh, so they announced that truck, and then they released this teaser video, and it's kind of a fun little video where uh, it was called Shelby versus Shelby. So you see the Shelby GT five hundred pull up to the starting line of a racetrack, and then come up from behind it next to it is the new Bronco. And uh, I think it's Gary Patterson's driving the GT500. And then uh, I forgot the woman's name. Her name is Shelby. And she's a, a, a racing driver, Shelby Hall, right? She's a professional race car driver. She's in the Bronco. And they do this fun little uh, bit of who's going to win on a track. So they're at this, uh, uh, you know, closed course racing track, like a like a club track. The GT500 is hauling ass around the track. 
The Bronco takes off. It's doing well. And then, of course, she just cuts into the grass and cuts three corners out of the thing and then gets in front of the Shelby. And then he passes. And then she goes a little off-roading again, uh, which is fun, and then actually crosses the finish line just before the GT500. And then they get out of the car. And then uh, they said, uh, you know, Maybe Shelby should do this, you know, uh, something along the lines of that. And that's kind of the punchline to it. And it's basically implying, hey, Shelby could be planning on doing a version of the Bronco, which could be interesting. I say, guys at Shelby, I'm all for it. Make a badass off-road or make your version of the Raptor or the Warthog that's coming out. Um, Shelbyify it all you want. Maybe just don't do the hood that's on the truck. Please. <laughs> I would prefer not to do the hood, but hood delete. But that aside, uh, these guys do a good job uh, from everything that I've seen. By the way, the Shelby trucks outsell the Shelby Mustangs by a significant margin, like two to one. Just people are super into the trucks right now. Super into the trucks. <clears throat> Uh, so I don't know. So we'll we'll see what their what their thought is on that. So uh, we've got to cut things a little bit short today. Uh, I do want to say, in the next couple of weeks, I don't think next week, but maybe the week after, uh, there's going to be some drag racing going on out here in California. So our friends from Jegs are going to be stopping by, and I believe they're going to join us in the studio. So we're going to be talking uh, to Jegs and find out what's going on in the drag racing world. Uh, Jeg Jr., uh, I believe, has retired from Pro Stock. And Troy Coughlin, uh, Jeg Coughlin, uh, Troy Coughlin is uh, taking the seats. And he's the the nice young man who's uh, carrying the torch for the, for the Jegs drag race. I think he's doing very well. It's been groomed for a while to take that position, so it'll be nice to have Troy come in. We've talked to to, to Jag a, a few times. Uh, now we'll, I believe, we're going to be talking to Troy. Uh, we'll see what's going on there, and then I believe the week after that. So two weeks from now, we're going to be talking to Jags, and then the week after that, we're talking to uh, our buddy Mike Spagnola at SEMA. We're going to get the lowdown of what's going on with the SEMA show, what's going on with SEMA Garage, what's going on with with everything in the SEMA world. I'll start writing down my questions right now. Yeah. Uh, and in the aftermarket world, because it's been doing very well, we want to get some insights on that. So that'll be an interesting conversation as well. Next so, time we step foot at SEMA, it's going to look like a completely different place. It's going to look like a completely different place. Guaranteed. Uh, we'll get more of the details, but I was told the walkways are going to be wider. They're going to expand into that West Hall. Uh it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for sure. There's a big overlanding like off road section out back that they're gonna be doing. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of cool. And then I don't know like uh, how much. Of course, the Bronco is going to be everywhere in Bronco Sport because that's the hot new vehicle right now. But as we start getting into EV, like where what's going on with EV products? That's exactly what I meant. It's going to look yeah. like a totally different place than the SEMA we remember. Yeah. I guarantee you. 
uh, definitely over the next few years as everybody's starting to announce like Mustang Mach-E is out and being delivered. So that's something that could show up. Uh, we could start to see, like we mentioned, like uh, Jeep 4XE, but in in the next two, three years, SEMA shows, you know, how do they embrace EV muscle cars? This uh, It's going to be really strange. It's going to be interesting. Uh, so give us a follow. We're, uh, we're uh, Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter, and he's Goldberg95, Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Uh, follow him out. He's got the uh, he's got the shirts. He's got the new swag. He's got the Goldberg's Garage shirt on right now. Uh, I believe there's a link in your Instagram bio at Goldberg's Goldberg's Garage. Bunker Goldberg Branding, yes, sir. And uh, Bunker Branding is is the website. Of course, give us a follow at Drink Bravago on social media and drinkbravago.com. You can follow me at Motorator. I'm driving the Volkswagen ID4. This is the all electric. Volkswagen. And uh, I, I've got some thoughts on it. It's kind of a new vehicle. I think I have something that's a little pre-production. So I want to work through a couple little tiny issues of this car before we get into it. So maybe we'll have it next week. Uh, and uh, we should probably have uh, Alistair come back in at some point as well, too. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to have thoughts on this as we lean into the EV world. So maybe we'll try to line that up as well. So, guys, thank you so much. CarCastShow.com is the website. We appreciate the, uh, the nice reviews and the follows on social media. So until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCastShow. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.